Welcome to Stargate SG-1 for the first time. Still not a Star Trek podcast. My name is Jeff Aiken, and I'm watching Stargate SG-1 for the first time. And I'm Brent Allen, and I'm watching Stargate SG-1 for the 47th time. But for the first time, I'm searching out some messages hidden deep within the show. Jeff and I are two veteran Star Trek podcasters who joined forces to bring you Babylon 5 for the first time. And we've had so much fun doing that, we decided to do it again with a show that many of you out there have said you wanted us to do. So whether this is your first time through the gate or your 47th, we invite you to come along on this journey with us as we give what I'm told is a pretty good show. Well, we'll see. Stargate SG-1. We're going to give it the for the first time treatment. For me, since this is my first time, I'm just going to be experiencing this as it unfolds, bringing all of you along with me to relive your first viewing experience. But we are still going to be looking for what we have come to call those Star Trek-like messages, those sci-fi messages, really, wherever they pop up throughout the show. You know, those messages that hold up a mirror to society, give us hope that things can be better in the future, or just plain tell us how to be better human beings to each other. And since this is still not a Star Trek podcast, we are going to bring over a game. We love our games on the For the First Time shows, and we're going to play one from the Babylon 5, one called The Rule of Three. The Rule of Three means we are limited to no more than three references to Star Trek per episode. That's it. Three. One of those three. No substitutions, exchanges, or refunds. <laughs> And if we do make one of those references, you're going to hear this. However, we are adding something new to the rule of three right here for the Stargate show. Anytime we make a Babylon 5 reference, you're going to hear this. Oh, yes. And of course, those references are unlimited. All right, man. I can't wait anymore. Let's kick off this week's episode. But just before we do, I just want to kind of wrap up a few thoughts from last week. The episode we're heading into is The Enemy Within. And uh, we we ended last week's episode with Kowalski getting a Gould. Ah, ah, good, Gould. good. Yeah. I, I'm getting yeah. it. Kind of yeah. jumped into him. Yeah, and a baby we, Gould. It was a real baby Gould. A little itty bitty baby. It was, it was a larval one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, a, not a larva one. Yeah. So cute. It's just, it's just no, cute. All. What bad could happen? No, I mean, right? what bad? Right. The episode ended with him opening his eyes and we got the, we got the gold glow out of him. And so we got to meet the characters last week. I don't have a lot more thoughts on top of what we talked about, but I am looking forward in this one, kind of doubling down on my prediction to find out how it's going to impact Kowalski and what that's going to mean for SG2 and the rest of the team. Well, all right, Jeff, as you said, this is season one, episode three, The Enemy Within. It's episode three because the pilot episode technically was episodes one and two. The original air date was August 1st, 1997. So, Jeff, that actually, we're doing season four of Babylon 5 right now. Season oh. four was 97. Like, these really? shows are actually happening at the same time, right? How like, cool is that? We did not plan that. <laughs> that is that, wow. That is something else. It all worked out. Um, Perfect. Two two fun notes just to kind of look for over the course of this this particular episode, kind of behind the scenes sort of stuff. Uh, Amanda Tapping, who is the lady who plays uh, Sam Carter, fantastic actress, one of my favorite. Uh, there's a, a a scene in this uh, in this uh, episode where she gets shoved into an elevator, and when she did that, she in real life she suffered a concussion. So and and I'm I'm 
almost sure. I could be wrong, but I'm almost sure that the shot they used of her was the one where she got the concussion. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if there's anybody else in the elevator with her, because if there is, just heads up. There's We're going to reprise an old hit. <laughs> Spo- it's warning. It's fair warning for you. Oh, <laughs> uh, and then, um, you know, so Tilk has the thing on his forehead. The tat- Is that a tattoo? Or a th- Don't tell me. Never mind. I'm I, guessing it's I, a thing. Do, do you want to know? It's nope. it's it's not really. They'll tell me eventually, right? Eventually, yes. Okay. They will tell you yes, and they'll yes eventually. Okay. okay. Uh, but the we'll call it the 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 yes that thing. Um, the the makeup department hasn't decided which way is up yet, and so if you watch it, it actually like it kind of flips sometimes. <laughs> so that'll be fun. Anyway. Anyway, all right, let's jump into this week's episode, The Enemy Within. If you guys are just joining us for the very first time, the way this works is Jeff and I are going to watch this episode for the first time right now together. We're going to pause what we're doing. We're going to watch this episode. And if you're watching us on YouTube, you are going to get the reaction cut-up video, the reaction video that we normally put out. You're going to get that. However, if you would like to see the full unedited reaction, you can head over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Babylon 5 first because that is still our main show and you'll get the full unedited reaction from jeff and i and for those of you listening to us on a podcasting app like good pods or spotify or apple Podcasts or something like that well it's just going to skip over the reaction altogether so make sure you stick around because right after the episode ends if you're watching us on a video thing if you're on the audio thing just wait a couple seconds, but we're going to do the podcast thing, right? Where I'm going to break down what I just saw, kind of go through my first time experience. And then Brent is going to tackle any messages that might have come up in that episode. So uh, let's do this. No longer a shuttered operation, the Stargate program is up and running. The Goa'uld keeps sending people through the Stargate to Earth, trying to exact their revenge for blowing a hole in Apophis's palace and absconding with their prisoners and their traitorous first prime Jaffa, Teal'c. But unbeknownst to them, Earth has installed an impenetrable titanium iris that floats mere microns from the surface of the event horizon of an open wormhole that the gate creates. We open hearing the thuds of enemy Jaffa splatting against the other side of the iris. Eventually, they're going to knock it off when they realize that no one's coming home. Meanwhile, Major Kowalski, leader of SG-2, is having some pretty bad headaches. Quick flashback to the last episode. He was infested with an infant Goa'uld, clearly the source of his headaches. But the Goa'uld was not yet mature enough to manifest complete control over Kowalski. Kowalski heads down to the infirmary to get his headaches checked out. Dr. Nimziki discovers the infestation. But before he can tell anyone about it, the infant Goa'uld takes control of Kowalski's body to kill Nimziki and keep his presence a secret, even from Kowalski, who remembers nothing. Meanwhile, the Pentagon has sent Colonel Kennedy to Stargate Command to question Teal'c. He's the typical bad-slash-good guy that, for some reason, is on our side but really isn't one of us, if you know what I mean. Teal'c can't answer every question because lots of it is simply passed off as Goa'uld magic. But he does tell of a Goa'uld legend, a planet where all the human lookalikes from around the universe come from. Some the Goa'uld took to be used as hosts. Some they turned into Jaffa, and others they simply kept as slaves. That world is called the Tari. With lots of sideways glances and knowing looks, 
Jack explains that this planet, Earth, is where humans evolved. That means, dun, 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 this is the world of the Tauri. Mind blown. Also, that pretty much explains why so many alien worlds will feature humans without prosthetics, and you're going to have cultures that are similar to that of ancient Earth. Pretty cool production trick to save on makeup, don't you think? Well, Teal'c also expo dumps a bunch on us. Things like, it's impossible to remove a gold from a host body, and the gold will even kill the host if it's even attempted. Goa'uld have genetic memory passed on from mother to child. An infant Goa'uld, a Jaffa carries, acts as the Jaffa's immune system, meaning that once it's implanted with a baby Goa'uld, a Jaffa must carry one for the rest of his or her life, or they will die. All of this information sets up a showdown when it is discovered that Major Kowalski is in fact harboring an infant Goa'uld. Colonel Kennedy wants to take Kowalski and the Gould back to the Pentagon to study it, ask it questions, learn what they can from it. Daniel doesn't think the Goa'uld's going to come close to cooperating. General Hammond can't believe that Kennedy would treat Kowalski like a meat sack just to get that info. Kowalski wants the Gould removed, and if it can't be, he wants Jack to kill him, preferring death to living as a host. While the debates abound, Kowalski undergoes a surgery. With the Goa'uld under sedation, they try to remove it. At first, it seems successful, but as we know in sci-fi and any episode with more than eight minutes left, it's not going to be that simple. Turns out all they did was remove a husk. The Goa'uld has already bonded itself to the brain of the host, and they are now inseparable, something that will never, ever be mentioned again, so don't worry about remembering that little tidbit here. The Goa'uld controlled Kowalski, knocks out Teal'c, and takes off for the gate room. He enters the coordinates in the computer, alerting everyone to the base that something is up. When they all arrive, they see Goa'uld Kowalski standing on the gate ramp, face-to-face with the resolute Teal'c who will declare, You shall not pass! The two scuffle. Eventually, Teal'c gets the back of Kowalski's head halfway into the event horizon of an open gate, at which point Jack yells out, Hold him there! Which Teal'c does. They shut off the gate, taking the Goa'uld and the back half of Kowalski's head with it. Teal'c apologizes and gives his condolences to O'Neill for the death of his friend, to which Jack replies, My friend died on the operating table, not here. A few hours later, Colonel Kennedy, having tucked his tail and ran home, SG-1 gear up for their next mission. Meeting in front of an open gate, there's Jack, there's Sam, there's Daniel, and, entering in through the door, a decked-out Teal'c, with Hammond welcoming Teal'c as the newest official member of SG-1. And with that, our team is finally complete. We get a money shot of them in front of the gate, and they head off to an unknown planet where new adventures await. What about it? I feel like, okay, you let lit- me just kind of walk. You literally, all right, so we're back. For the audio folks out there, we're back. We just finished watching the episode 22 seconds ago. Go, Jeff. I'm just going to take you kind of through the sequence of events here for me, right? Like kind of right. just stepping through. Yep. All in all, r- enjoyable episode. We learned some huge and heavy stuff. So um, we learned about the iris. Three micro- it's three micrometers from the thing so that the, the matter can't reconstitute. Mm-hmm. The Gould are trying to bust through and uh, and attack them, but they're going to stop. You know, one or two more times, <laughs> they're, they're going to quit because whatever. I like I liked that we learned more about Teal'c. Uh, mm-hmm. Very stoic. Yes. Almost. I mean, honestly, at this point, he, I don't know. He just, yeah, the warrior, quiet and just kind of taking mm-hmm. things how they are. Yes. He said a thing I found to be confusing. So last week in the pilot, 
he saw O'Neill's watch. And he's like, this is not Gould technology. Yet here he talks about Gould magic. Mm. And so it's like, is it magic? Is it technology? But the next big thing we learned about the Tau, the Tauri. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. So the, so the next big thing makes me understand that and that these Gould have been around now for millennia for a very long time, seeded us from Earth. We are the Tauri. Um, and so they, they're, you know, they're obviously feeding the information that, that people want. Um, you know, so this is magic. This is tech, even though it's all tech or whatever. So learning a lot more about the gold, the Kowalski stuff. Um, I think there's a really great debate in here to have around what Kennedy, Colonel Kennedy brought on board, mm-hmm. you know, the debate between do we do everything we can? Do we lean towards our humanity to do everything we can to save Kowalski or do we lean towards logic and just let the gold take over and question and learn everything we can. It's almost a needs of the many versus the needs of the few or the one kind of a conversation to have. But I also think it's appropriate kind of a conversation because I tell you what, if we have aliens here, that's what we did. You know, like we're we're not going to treat them. We're not going to lean towards humanity. That might be the cynic in me speaking, but I feel like that was quite a, for you, maybe in the future, a bit of a mirror to society on how we're going to treat uh, people. I'm becoming a huge fan of O'Neill, big yeah. time. The guy's cool. He's making great jokes. I I think, though, my favorite thing about him is just how coolly and simply and calmly welcoming he is. Sitting across from Teal'c, uh, a mystery in every way. We don't know anything about this guy. And he's just meeting him like he's another dude. You know, just, yep, hey. At, at a core place, we don't have a better word to use than basic core humanity. I wish we had a better word than humanity, but that's how he's treating them. You know, hey, we're we're cool. This is, you know, we got one little flash scene at the end of him arguing. You know, hey, just because he wasn't born here, he doesn't get the same rights. Like, what's the deal? You know, I thought that was great and a big piece. I kind of lost it with how this episode ended though. The Kowalski stuff was kind of ridiculous. <laughs> so he's been taken over by Cree, uh, the, the gold that jumped over to him. Right, I want to, um, I want to stop. That was a, I, I, you might be picking that up from what you read in the subtitle. That is not what he said. He did not did say, he, say? he did not say my name is Cree. That is not what he said. We did. We never got the Gould's name. He said, Jaffa Cree which is something you will hear the Gould say to, like, it's their Jaffa, like, uh, Jaffa, attention. Jaffa, oh, listen. okay. Jaffa, it's, you know, like, aloha in Hawaii means, like, 84 different things. Mm-hmm. Kree yeah. means that same thing in Gouldies. Okay. I thought he said, I'm called Cree. The, the sub said that as well. He said, my okay. name is Cree. That's not, he just said, Jaffa, Cree. Like, shut up. Listen. Attention. Here I thought I picked something up. Yeah, no, like, no. Ooh, look uh, at that. But it kind of did. It's it's, it's yeah. a word. But he gets he gets wrapped around uh, Kowalski's you know vertebrae mm-hmm. and going through the thing. Everything was great, even even Sam and Kowalski in an elevator. Brent, that's two series that yep. we got to do that in. Yeah, pretty cool. That was fine. Then we get to the surgery, and what they literally show us in the surgery is Doctor Dude cutting the gold in half and slipping out half of it, and that half was like massive. Yeah. But he's like, okay, mission accomplished. I'm like, 
you cut it in, in half. And then, oh my gosh, how shocking. He wakes up and after an extreme surgery, he gets up, chokes out Tilk, takes out a number of military personnel. Like this isn't like, really, really, no one's going to stop him. You even said it during the reaction. He jumps in. He's like, everybody get out. And they're like, okay, right. I guess we'll just get out. Cause a guy in a hospital gown yelled at us. Right. Really? You're going to make it all the way. It took the, it took the gate technician guy, like the little kind of wimpy, you know, dude to get his wrist broken because he was the only one willing to try to stop it. I'm telling you that, that guy right there, um, you will eventually learn his name. I'm going to let you learn it in real time. Uh, that, that guy, he's like the miles O'Brien of the, like, he's the most important man on the show is that guy right there. He's, he's just, everything revolves around him. Right now he's gate guy. He's gate technician guy. <laughs> gate you, technician you know. guy. He's the GTG, <laughs> as yeah. it were. So, um, so yeah. So and then and then he dies. You know, Tilk, br- yeah. brutal, brutal, takes him out, and then a little piece falls out. And I'm just like, oh, that's, the that's part exactly the left. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly what they showed us. Like, you you said that, and I was like, damn, he picked it up. <laughs> <laughs> like I've I've hear like in all capitals. I'm like, isn't that exactly what we saw right, happen? Right. Like, why is anybody surprised? Wow. So. So how, how much one. medical malpractice did that doctor do by leaving half of the gold in his head? Right. I mean, the only thing he could have done worse is, oh, sorry, I left a sponge in my scalpel in there too. <laughs> wow. But I, I do, um, one thing that I really appreciated was, again, I got this series so far. I mean, we're three episodes, two episodes in. It does a really good job of like question answer around the world building, just giving us enough so far. So I made a note and it was, if the Gould take over Kowalski, how does Tilk not get taken over? Like, is that what being prepped as a Jaffa is, is making it so you hold it and it doesn't take you over? Ask that question one more time, because I think I can answer it. So, uh, and, I'll, and I'll give you the second way I wrote it. First, if the Gould are take like the dude's taking over Kowalski, doesn't have control over it. Yeah. How is it that Tilk isn't getting taken over? Mm. So, and so the way I read, well, yeah, just yeah. let me, that's how I rephrase it. Cause I might answer. I said, is it a question of in the belly versus in the head? Like, is it almost that simple? Well, it it's, it's a question of what they're doing because, um, when, when they actually go into the head, into the brain, the Gould is melding with the host when the, the Gould is, is incubating effectively in the Jaffa that Gould is not doing anything with the Jaffa. He's just hanging out there just in a, a womb. chamber. Like, yeah. Like mm-hmm. he's just basically in, in a chamber, a womb, uh, something uh, waiting to go do something else. So, okay. That's uh, two very different things that they're doing. Okay. You know? That makes There's, sense. There is no communication between Gould and Jaffa. They just it, happen to be in the same space. Yeah. Kind like of they thing. don't, they don't, they, you know, one doesn't know what the other's thinking. You're not, you know, impressing it with your thoughts, you know, and just for whatever reason, the gold can like open up their shirt and like call the thing forth and it comes out. And then he's like, no, I'm going to go back in. Like, that's about the only like control, I guess, that they kind of have over each other. It's almost like a muscle contraction, even like it's not. It even might like even be that. Thing. Like, it might be the Jafas, yeah. like muscles contracting, pushing them out versus like sucking them back in. Those are some wicked strong Kegel muscles, man. For real. For real. <laughs> Look at this. But it's, and so I think it answers my question. But the other question I had was 
Like, are do they have to have a host? Can they survive outside of a host? And um, it sounds like they do need to have one. The Gould? The Gould. Yes, they can survive outside of a host. But keep in mind, they're just a snake at that point, and they don't have thumbs. Oh, yeah. yeah. So no better than monkeys, really, at that point. But, yeah, no, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed it. The ending, the ending really... Uh, all that Kowalski stuff, man, that did it, mm-hmm. it went from interesting and kind of cool to just like, Oh God, it's literal sci-fi of the week. Mm-hmm. Kind of a, I was, I was pretty disappointed in the ending. So uh, let me, let me just say this. Cause I haven't said this yet. I, this is <laughs> before we went on mic. I was like, oh, I want to say this or I want to save it. Here's where I'm going to say what I was going to say earlier. When you and I first started doing Babylon five, we said to each other, Hey, we're 90 sci-fi guys. We know how the early seasons of sci-fi go, and we know that they can be kind of rough. Uh, Babylon 5, honestly, Babylon 5 had one of the better first seasons that I've ever seen. I think by the time we're through all 22 episodes, you're going to look back at Stargate's first season and be like, it's actually a relatively strong season, although there are definitely some hard episodes. And this one is... is, there there i will i will yeah, we, we'll, we'll see where it winds up in the ranking <laughs> yeah we'll just say we'll, we'll we'll talk about that here yeah. here shortly but that makes sense because even i mean not to make this about babylon 5 but just so we can do it oh, yes that had some rough episodes too but yeah. we agreed at the end it was one of the stronger 90s first seasons there yeah. were so it's expected you know and yeah. there's a there's a lot of episodes yeah. uh this one had a really good a really good i'd say two-thirds three-quarters was really really good yep in this one. Yeah. But you know, that's what I think of this. Just kind of my, let me, my let me ask you this. Can I ask a question? Yeah, Were you surprised that on episode two Kowalski died? No, not really. Okay. I think, and, and I think part of that is because this is 97, right? Yeah. So this isn't the early, this is an early nineties sci-fi and we're starting to get a little bit gritty. And, and I think they wanted to show really early on mm-hmm. that the ghouls are for real threat. And the only way yeah. you do that, like I, I said it during the reaction, they're going out of their way to give us tiny little emotional connections to him. So when he dies, we feel it. Yeah, fair enough. I think I'm personally always surprised that they kill Kowalski so fast because he's a char- he's really? a character from the film. He's a carryover. He's oh, he's a big yeah. he's a big part. Like he's the commander of SG two, which this is SG one, not SG two. That's okay. But like you would expect him to be a guy who's around for a while. You know, and no, they they actually killed him. And I, but I like what you just said because it really, from the outset, shows just how deadly the Gould are messing with them, even the infant Gould. Yeah, I think you know it's it's an interesting time in television, the late '90s into the early 2000s. Um, you know, when people talk about things like Star Trek Enterprise or Battlestar Galactica that came out in the early 2000s, yep. how 9/11 really changed the kind of TV where we were watching. Yeah. But we were ramping up, you know, in television to become a little more grittier overall. And I think a real consistent mechanism that they used for that was the violent death of somebody on the show. Yeah. Uh, Maybe not necessarily a main cast member, but somebody, you know, that that you connected with. So uh, not shocking. So uh, a little disappointing, especially like, can it makes sense. I didn't know he was in the movie, but like th- when he and uh, Ferretti mm-hmm. uh, showed up in, in, in the last episode, it, I can definitely understand yeah. how that th- Ferretti was probably in the movie. Too. Yeah, both of them were. Yeah. Yeah. Played by yeah, different actors. Sense. They were recast for the show, but yeah. Stay with us. We'll be right back. 
Before we gate into the rest of this episode, did you know you're missing most of the content from this podcast? Stargate SG-1 for the first time has an active and exciting Patreon that you can join right now by clicking the link in the show notes. Not only will you get access to the full, unedited podcast and reaction videos, you'll also be able to join a growing, vibrant, maybe even an intergalactic community. Subscribers even get access to all of our content from Babylon 5 for the first time. Don't miss out on this content and the amazing people. Just click the link in the show notes. Tilk thinks you should do it right now. Indeed. So yeah, that's it for my first watch. Did you catch any of those good sci-fi messages? Oh boy, I did because I I went into this kind of going, yeah, maybe not. Um, Look, okay. One, there is the, the line that Jack had is that it's kind of a human thing. We tend to be afraid of things that we don't know. Like, holy cow, hit you between the eyes. They didn't really elaborate on it a whole lot. They didn't go super far into it because there was actually so much more so much this is actually i this is one of those those things jeff i gotta be honest this is not my favorite episode of the show i tend to skip this one when i do rewatches unless i'm doing uh mm. unless i forget to hit skip <laughs> you know it's like i might look at oh yeah um after watching this episode through this lens for the first time my opinion of this episode is skyrocketed yeah it has really skyrocketed here's the thing it is really interesting to me that both Tilk and Kowalski have a Gould in them. One of them, one of the two Goulds was actually malevolent. One of the two Goulds was actively killing people, actively hurting people, was a true threat. Yet for that one, Kowalski's, they did everything they could to honor and respect and maintain his humanity. But for Tilk, whose ghoul Gould had not taken over everyone, had not actually been a threat, uh, is contained, because I think we just decided that he's kegling that thing and not letting him out, yep. right? Um, Gould kegels. Exactly. He is untrusted. He is a prisoner. They want to interrogate him. And let's face it, Kennedy was going to dissect Teal'c. Oh, 100%. He was going to go full Talia Winters on, on him. Like, he was going to yes. do to her what Bester did to Talia, right? Oh, yes. He he absolutely was going to dissect him. He wasn't even a human to them because he was an alien. He was a Jafar. He's not even human. He had no humanity. He has no rights. He has nothing that we have to respect at all. Jack even called that out. He he's walking in when he's meeting Kennedy and Hammond's there, and he's like, you know what I did? I went and told Tilk that we respect a person's rights here in this country. I was like, oh shoot. <laughs> You know, and I'm reminded immediately of Star Trek. I'm reminded of of Captain Kirk on the bridge in I want to say it was Corbin might maneuver when the other ship had broken down. Little young, um, uh, Clint Howard, yeah, Clint Howard, uh, his ship broke down, and and Kirk turns around and goes, "It's time to see if our high sounding morals actually mean anything." You know what I mean? He's like, "We respect a person. We believe in people's rights here, at least in America." And I would say for those who are listening around the world, most of the people who listen to the show are in a country where respecting someone's rights are at least a value that we state. Mm-hmm. Do we really do it though when the chips are down? And here's what we learned, Jeff. As much as they tried to deny Tilk's humanity because he's a Jaffa, we also learned that Jaffa are in fact humans. Right. They are humans. 
And they completely miss the victimhood of not only Teal, but Jafal everywhere. That they are as much victims as much as Kowalski is a victim to the Gould. But they won't give that respect to Teal, but they're going to give it all over to Kowalski. I think even when you compare uh, the three, look at the three main people. Jack, the way he treats Tilk, you pointed it out, talked about it so eloquently. Jack stayed static. He he treated Tilk the same at the beginning as he did at the end. Good. Kennedy stayed static. He treated Tilk at the beginning the same way he treated him at the end. Mm-hmm. What I loved was Hammond. Yeah, he Look at how arc. Hammond started the episode treating Tilk more on Kennedy's side, and he went through the journey to come over to Jack's side. I, I love that we got that, but I will tell you what I what I also loved in the middle of this, and I never thought about this before. Back when I was doing Beam Me Up, a Star Trek podcast, when we got to Star Trek Enterprise, I realized something that the the message of Star Trek Enterprise is that humanity, humans, what we have to offer as humans is the hope of the universe. Because in the Star Trek world, you had the Vulcans and they were fighting with these people and these people were fighting with these people. It wasn't until humans came on the scene, albeit early until they came on the scene when they were able to be able to talk to everybody and bring people together into a united federation of plants. It was, it wasn't until humanity came on the scene that we could do that. It wasn't the Vulcans who did that. It wasn't the other people who did that. It was the humans. Think about Babylon five, right? It, you had, you have, uh, you, you have the, the, the shadows and now what we know are, are the Vorlons and they're just engaging in these wars. And they, they fought the Minbari. They fought the Narn. Well, you know what's different about wherever they are right now? You know what's pro- – I'm guessing – I don't know yet, but I'm guessing we're going to see the end of the, the, the ultimate end of the Shadow of Warland War by, like, the end of Season 5 or something. You know what's different this time? Humans, humans are here, yeah. right? They said this. So the, the humans are the Tauri. We seeded everybody. Because we rebelled, we are in the best position – to go rescue all to go rescue all those people out there. And guess what? All those folks out there, they're our own. They are our own. We are the greatest hope of the universe. All of this comes back to that same idea of, are we going to treat them, whether they're from this planet or not, they are our descendants. Are we going to give them respect? Are we going to give them their humanity? Okay. Let's put that to right now, whether they're from this country or from another country, are you going to give them respect? Because they're still humans. Are you going to treat them with their humanity? Or are you just going to see them as an illegal invader and and try to bust them out? Oh, they came here and then had kids just so they could claim citizenship. Who freaking cares? That is a person, you know? Now we got to deal with some stuff. But it's, uh, Jeff, I just, I, this episode is chock full if you just sit back and look at it, man. Yeah. And I can't even say that it was intended, but my gosh, is it there? Before we went on mic, we were kind of talking this through. You're like, yeah, I don't know what it's going to be, but I, I really don't think there's going to be a lot of a, a lot of a message in this one, so it should be pretty quick. But uh, but here we are at the point, Brent, where we are going to do the for the first time thing, and I am uh, I am I'm almost more excited about this next part than I am in retrospect for having watched the <laughs> the episode. But you mm-hmm. have the responsibility right now of taking that message you just gave us so so well spoken. Now you have to boil that down into a rating. You're going to rate this on a scale of zero to five chevrons as to how strong the message was. Please, Brent, I am dying to know 
what your rating is. There's everything in me wants to go with the five Chevron. This is not five Chevrons because I think a big piece of that, and we've often talked about is the intentionality of the writers to say, this is the message I'm trying to get out. And I don't know that the writer was really fully going that route with it. Although really, it was so apparent, although we had this great line, we are often afraid of those things that we don't know. And we had these great things. So I definitely think that there was some intentionality. I don't think he was going with humanity as the hope of the universe type thing as as much as just, Hey, we are the ones who are in best position to go get our guys. And here's a little bit of the history of, of what happened. Um, so I'm going to give, I'm going to give the writer like half credit on intentionality, but the messages, if you really look at them are fairly replete, I'm going, Oh, Jeff, I think I'm going four and a half. Oh, wow. I'm going to go four and a half chevrons on this one. Cause this, I told you my, my respect for this episode skyrocketed. Now I've not had time to think this through and mull it over, but where I am right now, my respect for the show is, is absolutely skyrocketed. There is so much in this show that is right there. The only thing I think that knocks it down is I'm just giving him half credit for intentionality. Other than that, okay. it's a great episode, great message episode. This could fit in star Trek. Super easy. Yeah. It's that it's Sorry. that sci-fi message, right? Like all the way through hundred percent. Yeah. It's very, it's a little more generous than I would have been with it. Uh, about 0.5 more generous. But. I was, I was going to say three and a half, but then I was like, no, it's four. Uh, actually, you know, yeah, so. it's powerful. I mean, even like if you go back and you watch in the reaction, like Brent's even just like, oh, writing this one down. Like, <laughs> here, here it oh is. Oh my god! Hey, yeah. it's amazing when you actually start looking for those. You know, because uh, my I did ha- I kind of I know these episodes really well. Just in my head, I was going, oh, this is an episode about addiction and how you treat somebody who's in the throes of addiction. Mm-hmm. That was where my my pre watching the episode was kind of thinking it was going to go. Yeah, nah, not at all. Not at all. All right, Jeff. So I rated this on Chevron's. I'm saying four and a half Chevron's, man. I'm going to leave it there. You, however, get to rank the episode. Uh, and uh, listen, it's only got one it's got to contend with right now. Last week was Children of the Gods. This week is Enemy Within. Uh, Jeff, where are you placing today's episode, Enemy Within? Yeah, I'm going to get right to it. There's no real talk through. I think I've already shared my thoughts. This is number two at this point. And I mean, really, comparatively speaking, it is number two. At least oh, the last little bit of it. Oh, just, oh, just Jeff. the last little bit oh, of it. <laughs> oh, Jeff. Ouch. That is, that is, oh, that is awful. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Jeff. Well, and that's going to be it, man. That's the show. That's going to do right. it for the enemy within next week. When we come back, Jeff, we are watching an episode called Emancipation. I promise you, you've seen this episode before. Really? That's the only hint I'm going to give you. You have seen this episode almost exactly before. Jeff, do you care to venture a guess whatsoever as to what this episode could be about? This is going to be that one episode that's in a number of different series, probably, where they come to a planet. There's some oppressive thing going on. They side with the uh, the 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 you know poor little plebeian people and bring them to bring them to freedom this is going to be one of their first planets we're going to this is their away mission we're going to see them on another planet and they're going to go free uh some enslaved enslaved people you're a good guesser and that's all i'll say i'm not i'm not commenting one way or the other i just look <laughs> well we'll see next week well actually oh let me do this yeah so i'm going to make a big mistake that i made Uh-oh. uh i've made in some of our other things i'm going to get more specific oh oh these slaves are not only just slaves, but they're actually uh, like 
put in, into like they play games with them and like gladiator games and it's very violent and it's very bad and there's these overlords that are probably golds i don't know but like that bet on it and it's a thing that they do and they're gonna have to break that whole thing up um i'm thinking along the lines of gamesters of triskelion right now but uh i probably just got way too specific like i said you're a good guesser and that's all i'm gonna say uh, we will see right here next week on Stargate SG-1 for the first time. Hey, folks out there, thank you guys so much for joining us. Don't forget you can subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Be sure to leave us a rating and review, and please share this podcast with somebody that loves Stargate SG-1. And either they love it already or they're going to love it because they're going to join us on this journey. They're going to join Jeff on the journey for the first time, and maybe you're rediscovering some new things about the show along with me. So with that, until next time, folks, we appreciate everything that you guys are doing. And hey, Brent. Yes, Jeff. I'm going to go try a Stargate swirly. Oh, for crying out loud. <laughs> <laughs>